Hi, I'm Andrew Strom. Welcome to this commentary. Uh, I'm just wanting to give you a bit of a background and history, a personal history for myself of how I came to be involved in kind of, I guess, opposing uh, this invasion movement. And, um, you know, uh, really that goes right back to 1993-94. But uh, firstly, I just want to say, you know, people say it's not Christian to be putting out these kind of things and, and giving these strong warnings and so on, you know, we're actually commanded, if, if we have a leadership role at all in, in the body of Christ, we're actually commanded to do something uh, when something threatens the body. And uh, we have to. We can't just allow this stuff to invade. You know, we're commanded, we're exhorted to do so, just like Timothy was exhorted to, you know, rebuke and exhort and uh, to try and prevent, you know, the backsliding that was going to occur in the church. Perilous times will come, that's what Paul said. And Paul also opposed a lot of, um, you know, the wolves of his day. And, uh, you know, he even smote false prophets with blindness and all kinds of things. He warned with tears that grievous wolves will come in. You know, we can't just allow this stuff. Now, here's Rodney Howard Brown. You know, I, I first came across this guy um, years ago, 1993-94, and I was hoping against hope that this stuff would not enter into New Zealand. That's where I was living at the time. New Zealand was hugely affected by this movement and to a degree still is. But I believe New Zealand is one of the most affected countries because not just the charismatic movement, but almost the entire Pentecostal movement got involved in New Zealand uh, in this movement as it, um, as it invaded, as it swept in. But it took a couple of years to really, you know, grow sort of uh, gale force, I guess you could say. So here's Rodney Howard Brown. He, he was accepted, first of all, by the Word of Faith movement. And uh, when I saw, you know, what I first saw of him was a video that a, a woman intercessor brought into the country. Uh, and it showed just Rodney Howard Brown leading worship in Lakeland, uh, which years ago, years later, of course, um, you know, that's where Todd Bentley would go to base himself and his big revival. But but in those days, in Lakeland, uh, Rodney Howard Brown was at Carpenter's Home Church. And I just, I just had this awful, sick feeling just watching this guy. And he's just leading worship. And uh, I knew he was doing this, this laughing drunkenness thing. And so, you know... As things developed, I, I hoped against hope. I, I wrote a, an article in 1994 when the news started to come in of this Toronto Blessing movement, um, which really Rodney Howard Brown was really the facilitator of that whole thing getting underway. And so the Toronto Blessing starts, and I'm down there in New Zealand, and I wrote my first uh, newspaper article because I had a newsletter uh, prophetic newsletter in those days and uh, I was known as a bit of a writer and so you know I got a chance to put a uh, an article in the Christian newspaper in New Zealand um, called Challenge Weekly and so that was the opening salvo I guess you could say and I was warning people that you know this doesn't seem like the real revival that God has been promising us please don't settle for something less than real revival but Toronto flooded into New Zealand over the next two years. And, uh, you know, all the big guys came down. 
uh, starting with Jill Austin, who was based out of Kansas City, based with the, the Kansas City prophetic group there. Um, Jill Austin, she, it was just horrific attending. That, that was the first large uh, meeting of this um, anointing that I'd ever been to. And, oh my goodness, I think this must have been 1994. It could have been 93, but I think it was 94. And, um, oh my goodness, just horrific. People had been bodily thrown about the room. People had landed on other people. You know, if God's throwing people around the room, I don't think they land on children and hurt them. You know, but they had these warnings going on at the meeting. Uh, Get your children out of the aisles and stuff like this because people have been thrown bodily around. Uh, people were making these giant bat movements and making this eerie wailing noise, and it was just horrible, just horrific. I think it's the worst meeting I've ever been to. And so John Arnott came down, the Toronto Blessing pastor, and uh, Rodney Howard Brown came down for repeated meetings, huge meetings in New Zealand. So it was fully underway, and the whole charismatic Pentecostal movement seemed to be into it, and it got to the point where... If you opposed it, you were put under such peer pressure because it was kind of like you were opposing something that everybody else was into. I guess it would be like, you know, the emperor has no clothes kind of situation. And, you know, people don't dare speak up because it's kind of like, well, even the people that didn't like it, hardly any of them would dare speak up in the end because every charismatic Pentecostal person seemed to be into it. And so this situation develops where you feel like a complete pariah. You know, I, I knew people that were, you know, almost shunned out of their church uh, after they questioned it. And um, I had a friend who uh, was into deliverance ministry, and uh, most of his colleagues um, came out for the Toronto Blessing. And... Uh, you know, so this guy was having constant run-ins where people were even sort of putting their hand... I remember him telling me how a guy put his hand on his shoulder and it was almost like the guy was uh, surreptitiously trying to pass this anointing on to him just by kind of a friendly pat on the back sort of thing. It was just really... It was just a freaky time to be around and New Zealand was particularly bad. Um, since then, you know, I've travelled around the world. I think the UK was also pretty bad. I think Australia was pretty bad. I, I dare say I think maybe New Zealand was the worst. I'm not sure. You know, I've lived in Canada, lived in the USA. Nowhere near as bad in those countries, mainly because there was such a big conservative church world. You know, the Southern Baptists and the uh, Holiness Pentecostals and all those. You know, they weren't into any of this stuff at all, really, for, for the large part. So that was what was going on, you know, and... Um, so I had this prophetic newsletter going out. I I was part of the prophetic movement really from 1993 onwards, but I was really only in the publishing side of it. And uh, so I was publishing a lot of stuff, but I was aware that things were growing worse and worse and that the prophetic movement as a whole had jumped wholesale into Toronto and had allied itself. In fact, you would commonly see conferences advertised where the big prophetic guys out of Kansas City or you know those kind of people would hold conferences alongside the biggest Toronto guys your John Arnott's your Wesley and Stacy Campbell's you know um, 
So the Randy Clarks and all of these kind of people would be alongside the big prophetic names, and it became like it was one big movement. And here I was wanting a prophetic movement that really was about repentance and about real revival, like Charles Finney-type repentance revival and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, convicting people of sin and and just bringing a tremendous... Um, you know, move of God that brought the church back into into holiness again and a real cleansing of the church and a, a real reformation of the church and all that kind of stuff. And here was this drunkenness, jerking, laughing thing, calling itself revival, catching up all of the prophetic people who were talking about revival. And, you know, it was horrific. I mean... I was. I got on the internet first in 1996. I had a little website, little grey-coloured website, which was called New Zealand Revival Bulletin, and we had my. We put my book up on there first of all. You know, the coming Great Reformation. I put a, an article on Toronto, which was called. Um, oh, I don't even don't even remember the name of it. Uh, yeah, but it was a, an article on Toronto, uh, quoting the old revivalists and. Uh, quoting a lot of kind of new age type of stuff that you know that was very similar to Toronto and all that kind of stuff you know Franz Mesmer uh, who invented mesmerism very similar to Toronto uh, a lot of the occultic you know like the Qigong movement out of China and all that you know very almost identical uh, Kundalini of course the Kundalini cults almost identical to Toronto I mean this to me was an alien spirit and so here we go, you know, it's 1996, 1997, I'm getting bombarded with emails from around the world because I was one of the few charismatic guys, or especially prophetic guys, um, that would speak out against this stuff. And so I was getting bombarded daily with just email after email after email from leaders and all kinds of people, some of them prominent people, you know, around the world trying to get me to back down, trying to get me to take my articles down off the website. You know, it was just, it was horrendous. And here I was, I was only 30 years old. And, you know, 1996, I'm 30 years old. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just getting inundated with this enormous pressure to conform. And, uh, you know, so, I, you know, I, I just... I just made a basic stand, and that was, I'm not taking any of these articles down. I believe they're completely uh, right on, you know, for the most part. And, um, you know, it just was, it was a nightmarish time. Years later, when Lakeland came along, and I notice we're seeing on here, here's Todd Bentley now, you know, Lakeland, uh, Lakeland was to me very easy to handle the criticism because I'd already been through a firestorm when I was much younger in the days of Toronto and uh, and that was a horrific experience the pressure that was brought to bear you know in New Zealand and from worldwide uh, just to back down to take my articles down to issue an apology or some such thing you know and I just refused to do all of that I believed it was so off I believed it was you know if anything it's so similar to the counterfeits that the old revivalists used to talk about you know, John Wesley would talk about counterfeits. It was so similar to that, so similar to Eastern religion, so similar to Kundalini cults. I mean, it just bore no resemblance to real Christianity to me. And uh, in the pit of my gut from the very beginning, you know, I just felt um, that it just reeked of uh, 
something foreign, something trying to invade, something awful trying to get into the body of Christ. You know, and I think uh, what we're seeing now on these shots of Todd Bentley going down a prayer line on this video, um, the screaming and just the carry-on that happens in those meetings, just a nightmare. I mean, uh, yeah, and this has been happening now for 16 years plus, you know, in the church. And uh, I tell you, I mean, the people that have been exposed to this stuff by their thousand. I had someone write to me recently and said, you know, they don't know how to find a charismatic church that hasn't been tainted by this stuff. And I totally can sympathize with their position. I mean, it's hard to find charismatic people that haven't in some way been involved with this or had hands laid on them or been part of soaking in this uh, so-called anointing. And so here we are, 16 years later. To me, the prophetic movement has been completely ruined. I mean, I watched it. You know, I was involved from 93 onwards with the prophetic movement, and I just watched that thing um, become a shadow of itself. I mean, to me, it just became a disaster area. I mean, you know, here's Stacey Campbell shaking her head. I, I don't know what her chiropractic bill is like, you know, but... Uh, She's been shaking her head like that for like 15 or 16 years, so she must have to go to a chiropractor sometime, I'm guessing. But if the very biggest guys, here we're seeing the very biggest guys, this is what ended up happening when Lakeland came around. And you know, these guys back in the Toronto days, they didn't come right out in the open like this. Rick Joyner was subtly on the side of Toronto, and... Um, Maybe Peter Wagner as well. I don't even know, you know. Uh, these guys were subtle in those days about it. Rick Joyner would never come out and endorse the crazy stuff he's been endorsing lately. Um, he would just never have done that in those days. So for a while, there was still a lot of sanity, and it just slowly ebbed away and got replaced with more and more craziness. The very earliest days that had attracted me to the prophetic movement was because they spoke about a real revival of holiness, holiness of heart. They said there's going to be a great revival of holiness of heart. So that's what I, you know, I'd got involved on the basis that this was a prophetic movement that wanted to produce real John the Baptist type prophetic people and uh, wanted to speak to the lukewarm church and say repent. That's why, you know, that's why I got involved with the prophetic movement. And by the late 90s, I was realizing, man, you know, the prophetic movement is becoming completely overtaken with counterfeits. Uh, the prophecies that are coming forth, I can't even trust them anymore. You know, the Elijah list, I mean, that guy, the guy that started Elijah list was on our list in 1996. So he jumps off our list and goes and starts Elijah list and um, immediately starts publishing all the big sort of commercial name prophecies. You know, Bob Jones and Todd Bentley and, and uh, Patricia King and uh, John Paul Jackson and all these big names. So he built a very big list out of it, and then he was publishing, you know, he would uh, advertise all their books. And so it became a very commercialized list that the guy was running. Steve Schultz was his name. You know, so, you know, I was totally familiar with this world. I knew all these ministries. Not Most, most of them I, I don't know personally. I've met some of them. I've spoken on the phone with some of them, and I've emailed with some of the, you know, the biggest names in the prophetic movement. But, but uh you know, I wasn't a prominent guy in the prophetic movement. I just happened to be, you know, heavily involved in the publishing 
on the internet side of things and then began to travel and preach. But I was never as such preaching the prophetic type of message. I was always preaching on real revival, repentance, holiness, getting back to the New Testament, a great reformation in the church, back to how it's supposed to be. You know, look at Todd Bentley's wife here, shaking her head just like Stacey Campbell and doing a so-called prophecy. I mean, that's just straight out of uh, the Kundalini movements, that stuff. Just straight out of it. I mean, I don't know where these guys... You know, this has only been around for 15 years. If you went back into Pentecostalism, you know, I was brought up in the Pentecostal movement. You know, we went to Assembly of God every week, the biggest Assembly of God in Auckland City. And uh, um, for a long time, um, it was the happening place in New Zealand for for God really moving. And, And, you know, in the 1970s, we never saw this stuff. Never, never saw bizarre stuff. If people started doing this kind of stuff, like what we see here, they would have had demons cast out of them straight away. This would have been immediately seen as a demon. It wouldn't have been seen as the Holy Spirit. It would have been seen as a demon. And, um, you know, there's no question about that. When I was growing up in the charismatic Pentecostal circles, this kind of stuff that Todd Bentley's exhibiting here, man, that would have been seen as demonic. People would have laid hands on him and and tried to cast demons out of him. I mean, you know, this stuff is outlandish. And uh, it's only been around a short time. People have got used to it now. That's the thing that worries me. We've got a whole generation growing up that's really into this stuff. And John Crowder and these kind of guys are selling them on this total drunkenness thing where they're toking the ghost. You know, um, John Crowder has a little plastic baby Jesus and he calls it toking the baby Jesus or smoking the baby Jesus. And they suck on it as though it's a marijuana cigarette. Um, You know, he calls it Jehovah Wana. This stuff is sick. I mean, that is so close to blasphemy, if if not actual blasphemy. It's so close to blasphemy. The way they carry on, they make all these videos and stick them up on YouTube you know, they've got five big slosh fest events happening across the USA. I think it's next year or, you know, just coming up. And all the youth, uh, you know, that's who they're trying to attract. And it's just so awful. But the same movement, here we see John Scotland at the Toronto Airport Church, you know, we're the home of the Toronto Blessing. This is what uh, was around all from back then up until now. And here's Oh, here's John Crowder. Man, oh man, this guy is the worst that I've ever seen. You know, there was a lot of really terrible footage of John Crowder. You know, this is pretty bad here. But there was terrible footage of John Crowder that I just couldn't bring myself to put in this video. I mean, we got just a small dose of it here. You know, I just didn't want to put any more. It's just so awful. You know, and the stuff that he says is just so... I mean. You know, I just didn't want to give it any airtime, to be honest. So, these guys are now the new, you know, they've grown up with Toronto. These are like the second generation Toronto guys. And you look at what they're spreading around the world, and the youth have no anchors. They have no foundations. They have no real biblical roots, a lot of these kids. And they'll get involved in this stuff and they'll just go the the nth degree on it, thinking it's God. I guess they tell themselves it must be God. But, you know, it's just extraordinary stuff. Jim Gole, one of the Kansas City prophets, 
not one of the original Kansas City prophets. He came in later into the Kansas City prophetic movement. You know, so of course, um, yeah, so I was always calling for a true prophetic to arise. And uh, we moved to Kansas City in uh, 2004. I first started preaching in America in 2003. And we moved to Kansas City in 2004. And um, so, you know, I was around the Kansas City scene, around, you know, we lived only a mile away from IHOP, which is, you know, has partnered with Bill Johnson. You see this stuff going on here at Bill Johnson's church in Bethel, Bethel in Redding, California. IHOP has partnered with them in the exact same stuff. You see these kids lying on the floor here doing this stuff. There's, there's videos of IHOP kids doing exactly the same thing. IHOP is filled with 20-year-old kids that have no foundations, in my view, no foundations in real, um, you know, real preaching of the gospel, real understanding of what, what real Christianity is. They have all this mystical stuff going on. They're taught what's called the bridal paradigm. And now IHOP, right here we see it, they're starting to spread this stuff all over the world. They're spreading. They are one of the biggest spreaders right now of this anointing that we see right here at IHOP. And so, you know, this drunkenness anointing, it's still being spread. And it's being spread amongst the youth. And they're unashamedly making the play for the youth. And as we see right here, they're allying themselves all together like they're one big movement. But again, you know, really, it was, it's been this way for the last 15 years. I mean, this happened very early. Kansas City, the Kansas City prophetic movement, you know, led by Mike Bickle, um, you know, those guys have been in support of Toronto right from the start, right from 1994 onwards. When uh, John Wimber threw the, the Toronto Blessing Church out of the vineyard, uh, Mike Bickle took his church out of the vineyard as well in protest. So that's back in 96. You know, Mike Bickle took, took uh, his vineyard church uh, out of the vineyard movement in protest because they expelled the Toronto Blessing uh, Church. And, you know, here we go. Here's Morningstar coming right out in the open. This is more the, the Morning Star meetings. I think this is only maybe in the past year or so that we see this stuff. Isn't this just outright paganism? But again, you know, from the start it had this weird stuff. And uh, there's not just astral travel going on. There's portals. You know, Rick Joyner has, has for years claimed that there's a special portal on his property in North Carolina. And he's been saying that for years, that he's got a special portal where the angels are coming and going. And in the early days, we never thought to really question or ask, you know, kind of think, well, that's pretty weird. It's only in later years, you know, you've got angels and total weird mystical experiences. And as John Crowder's calling here, raptures, ecstatic prayer, physical phenomena of mysticism, you know, getting activated in... Uh, Weird miracles and uh, mystical stuff of every kind. I mean, spirit travel, you know, I don't know what these guys think this is, but it's identical to New Age. In New Age, if you want to go and explore um, up into the heavenlies, you, you get 
uh, quiet on the floor, just like what they tell you to do in a Todd Bentley meeting these days, if you want to visualize your way into the third heaven, as they call it. It's exactly the same process as they're teaching people in the New Age movement. You lie still and you visualize your way, and before you know it, you're in the quote-unquote third heaven talking with so-called angels, and they're saying all these bizarre things, and you know they'll talk about their financial angels and and how they had this spectacular vision of this and the spectacular vision of that. And I mean, it just gets worse and worse and worse every year. It gets more and more new age every year. And a lot of these younger guys like Joshua Mills that we just saw there, they're not even ashamed of it. They just come right out and tell you the most bizarre stuff that they're into. Uh, John Crowder, I mean, the stuff that the guy's into, and he comes right out and advertises it on his website. It's so bizarre, so new age. I mean, these kids are being brought into this now. And John Crowder comes to New Zealand, and he's welcomed by certain Christian leaders here. And, you know, um, we just had another one of this circle down here in Christchurch, where I am right now, holding meetings and the... You know, you know, a whole lot of people are going along to these meetings, thrilled. And here's Patricia King. She's been involved in all this right from the early days. Um, and there's Bob Jones, Kansas City prophet Bob Jones. You know, I've met that guy, spoken to him on the phone. You know, I just have no time for this garbage. I mean, no time for this nonsense. And, you know, we just have to be aware that we're in the last days discernment is so necessary in 2004 after going to Kansas City and seeing what was going on there and attending the big meetings with the big names I just had to leave the prophetic movement so some of you have probably read the article that I put out why I left the prophetic movement and you know all of this stuff this is why I left I left because I'd had a gutsful I'd been opposing this stuff since 1994, trying to call the prophetic movement back into being truly prophetic. And what I mean by prophetic is being like real prophets, calling out to the church, repent. That's what a real prophet does. It doesn't do all this weird, whacked-out stuff. That's not what prophetic is. You know, prophetic is bringing forth the word of the Lord in that hour. And the word of the Lord to the church of our modern times is clearly repent. Repent of your lukewarmness. You know, repent of all of this garbage and nonsense that's entered in and get on your face before God and and get rid of this and get clean of it. Get clean of your sin, get clean of your compromise, get clean of your materialism. So, you know, I'm not against miracles and signs and wonders. I want to see the real miracles, the real healings without all the, uh, the false anointing. And I can't trust these guys. I, I, I don't trust them. Uh, I won't let them lay hands on anybody that I know if I can help it. And uh, so I want to see the church fully restored. And we left the prophetic movement. I'm so glad we did. It's so much worse. It gets worse every year. And we have to get back to the Bible. And so, you know, despite all the people telling me, oh, you shouldn't be coming against all this, you shouldn't be making these videos, it's not nice, it's not Christian. You know, we have to speak out lest the body of Christ be so badly harmed, lest people get, you know, touched by demons 
instead of touched by God. You know, we can't afford to have this anointing loose in the church. It's hurting people. It's harming the sheep. And uh, every watchman uh, in the world, in my opinion, should be speaking out about it. So that's what we have to do.